It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Well, it is not like we don't have anything to talk about, that's for sure. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Upfront program for this uh, Tuesday morning. The, the schedule uh, calls for Christopher Boulay to be in the studio, and I look across the studio, and that's exactly who's here. Very dependable he is. Good morning, Chris. How's it going? Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. Sometimes half of life's success is just showing up. Yes, that's true. And uh, we'll fulfill the other half uh, in the next uh, hour or so. Hey, it's the talk show. And if you would like to uh, participate, you can. So uh, we do it in a couple of ways. Uh, we open up our telephone lines at 7690600, 766-1380. And if you have a um, comment you'd like to make, uh, that's a good number to call. Either one of those numbers will put you right through to the studio. And then uh, if you are um, prone to uh, use email, you're welcome to do that, too. And uh, that email address is upfront at WNRI.com. Upfront at WNRI.com. I've got, I have an iPad on one side, a computer here. Uh, but that doesn't mean I, I don't miss an email every once in a while. As, uh, but I'll, I'll keep looking, I promise, so that we don't miss anything. So I guess my question to you, Mr. Boulay, uh, in a very general sense, is um, has this uh, Ukrainian incursion, as some people call it, invasion, as other people call it, caused uh, any, uh, shall we say, uh, good news or bad news in your professional life? Well, it's certainly keeping us busy. As a matter of fact, I just sent you uh, an email about 30 seconds ago. It came on um, CNBC. U.S. oil uh, goes up to a seven-year high above $101 per barrel as supply shortages are feared. So certainly uh, Russia is one of the largest energy producers in the world. So that is one of the biggest issues. Secondarily, of course, to, uh, to a nuclear war, which we're all kind of concerned about, which... You know, I don't think it's going to happen, but I was wrong about the invasion at first. But it's the market is held up fairly well. It's certainly going down. We had an 800-point day on Friday that kind of rebounded. So we'll talk a little bit about the value of being in the market and how being missing the market in just a couple of days can really affect your returns. So <clears throat> as I look at this, I'm not a diplomat. I'm not a historian. But I'm following it like everyone else. But what's really got my interest and what something I feel comfortable talking about is the sanctions and how the entire world is really going against Russia and providing pretty significant uh, sanctions. Even notice this morning, Switzerland, that's been notoriously neutral, was actually on the side for the sanctions. Excuse me, against uh, against Russia, and we talked about the ruble, which is the currency of Russia, it's down over thirty percent. One shot. So they had to raise their interest rates from 9.5% to 20% to try to defend the currency. Their stock market, uh, the indice for the, for the Russian stock market, is going down 50%. So those things are all have had effect. The issue regarding, you know, secondarily beyond uh, a war expanding beyond Ukraine and Russia is the energy prices and how that's going to affect the economy. If you look at it from a starting standpoint, the Russian and Ukraine economies together represent less than 2% of the world's gross domestic product. So that sense, it's not an issue. But then you look out and you start extrapolating the price of oil already $100 a barrel. It's certainly going to keep everything very interesting. All right. And if you have a remark, you're welcome to um, to make the uh, remark by calling us at 769 766-1380. We'd be more than happy to... Uh, Put your uh, view on the radio because, uh, like we said, it's a talk show and we welcome your calls and comments uh, to the program. All right. So uh, the economy, you know, one of the things um, about this uh, uh, Russian incursion or invasion that you want to call it is it depends on what Russian you talk to. Now, certainly uh, there were 3000 Russians who have already been arrested because they were protesting what uh, the uh, 
what the Russian uh, president, Mr. Putin, has done. But on the other hand, there are Russians um, who are saying this is completely okay with us because um, they, um, they're they reclaiming the homeland. You know, uh, the Ukraine uh, really is really part of um, our original uh, countries. And so uh, there, there are people out there who support what... Uh, what the Russian president is uh, is doing, so um, so there are a lot of people. I guess what well, the point I'm making that are willing to um, absorb uh, the inflation that's going on in Russia, willing to absorb that they may lose their job because of um, sanctions that are being imposed on on the Russians, and that might uh, affect an industry and cause somebody to be laid off. Uh, they might uh, might accept the fact that um, they're paying higher prices for everything and that their ruble is going a lot less further than it is because uh, they're patriotic. So there's a whole bunch of Russians that say, um, move on. And destroy the Ukraine. And, and how long do you think that'll last? I don't know. And I mean, they they they, they had to deal with it in 2014, and uh, when Crimea was in, uh, was invaded by Russia, they're they're rushing to get to no pun intended. They go to the ATMs to get money, and they're trying to get that into currencies beyond the ruble because it's going down 30 percent. It's unbelievable. So. Even this, uh, some of the steps that the banks have taken, and the uh, now uh, Russia's cut off from the SWIFT uh, interchange, where they can't uh, exchange money with other interna- international banks. So I'm not sure what more they can do. And of course, I- I- I'm not a diplomat. Everyone's concerned that this could really be the end of Putin if this goes badly. And what's he going to do? He's already, uh, you know, talked about increasing the. Uh, Alertness with a nuclear arsenal, and that was just, you know, so the madman theory still work, it works and is out there. All right, and uh, 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 like I said, there's a lot of debate, but if you're an American and, um, and you know that um, United States troops are not going to get involved, I, I would have to say that um, uh, Biden can send all the troops he wants to uh, friendly NATO neighbors. But it's not like these troops are going to uh, all of a sudden, in, you know, go into Ukraine and defend um, defend the Ukrainians. Are we sure about that? I'm sure about that. Because if you listen to some of the Democrats, like mm-hmm. Kessinger and some of them, they, they are looking for a war. Mm-hmm. They want us to take over the airspace. And they're saying that that could be an act of war. Others are saying that would be an act of war. So it seems to me that the Democrats are pushing this. And everyone's concerned uh, who's going to have uh, Biden's ear last. Because, obviously, uh, he's going so far to the left, and he has uh, acquiesced to a lot of the left leanings. So going with the point that I was developing here, that uh, Americans feel, like I feel, I I could be wrong, that we're going to stay out of the war militarily. We're going to give... um, as a matter of fact, there's a $350 million aid package that's uh, pending uh, to go to the Ukraine to help uh, shore up their defenses. But um, so if I don't expect to see American troops there like we saw in Iraq or Afghanistan, um, should Americans really pay much attention to it already knowing that we're going to pay higher gas prices? I think we already knew that was coming. But other than that... Um, uh, can I go about my business, or is this much more uh, have much more gravity than uh, I'm making it out to be? Well, on Sunday morning, I was I was fairly bothered by the fact that Putin announced that uh, they were going to step up the alertness for the nuclear arsenal, and uh, you know, Putin, Condoleezza Rice, who I have a lot of respect for. Uh, she's known Putin for a long time. She's met him six or seven times. She says he's changed uh, to the negative. And if he has a bloody excursion into the Ukraine and it's not going well short term, if it continues to go bad, um, are they going to overthrow him? And then is he going to be desperate? And I think that's kind of the, the sense out there. So if, if he's going to go, is he going to take everyone with him? And I, and I don't think that's hyperbole. So just the fact that he's talking about um, you're saying negative and harsh things about my country, therefore I'm going to put us on nuclear alertness. That is not the words of a sane person. That, that no, no, they just don't do that. And these sanctions are, are going to be rough. If we were in better shape, 
Um, and we can talk about that. I, the State of the Union address tonight, I wouldn't want to be the person to have to write that. But if we were continuing our energy independence, we could put a, a lot more pressure on Russia than we're doing now. We could actually start sanctioning their, their oil and gas, which would be, that would be the end of Russia. Well, all right. Um, so the debate uh, will continue uh, all this week. I don't know if you heard that John DePietro is flying to um, uh, the Polish-Ukraine uh, border. He's leaving this weekend. And starting Monday, he'll be doing his program from that area. I don't know if what uh, further insight he could get by actually being near the border. But in his mind, there is an insight that he can get. And he'll be uh, delivering his program from the um, Polish side of the uh, border uh, starting Monday here on WNRI. And uh, you interested in uh, going out there w with him to see what's going on, or uh, would you just rather depend on traditional news sources? Traditional news sources. Everyone has an iPhone, and uh, so I think the the development of this is a lot clearer where people actually, everyone having an iPhone taking pictures. And the other thing that, that comes to, to the next step is uh, potential war crimes. They're actually tar targeting citizens, and that's something that that nobody will, will accept. So that pushes down to another level of, well, after this is done, uh, does Putin get arrested for war crimes? And I want to mention one other thing before we grab our first call here. Could Putin be regarded as an international, uh, uh, shall we say, renegade uh, that would fall into the category of Osama bin Laden? And you know what happened to him uh, some country decided that uh, Osama bin Laden should be eliminated. I think it was the United States, and uh, and and he was eliminated. Now, could Putin share a similar type of uh, assassination attack in the middle of the night? And what would that do to the world order? Well, I know what, from what I read, a lot of the oligarchs, he took them with him to his compound so they couldn't leave the country. Mm -hmm. And they've got billions of dollars dependent on him staying in power and this not happening. So they're under financial duress as well as the Americans and the, uh, the rest of the allies are really going out of their way to lock up these assets. All right. Let's grab our first phone call. They've been waiting and then we'll take a commercial break and uh, see where you're going uh, with uh, your comments. Hello there. In many ways, the war is here now on our home turf. It's here with us now. It is. Okay, I can explain that real quick and easy. What did I say earlier? Our getting rid of our oil production and voting Putin, and people have agreed with me on that. Now, I go to my bank and I find out they're going to cut out my capabilities to buy a, a car or a house that use oil because they've decided to sign on to a green deal. So you think we're going to stop using fossil fuels down in Rhode Island, well, up in Mass, your bank is going to stop you, okay? Now, you say, hey, wait a minute, I put out, I go to the bank headquarters on Google Maps, and I put out a complaint on Google saying, you know, this bank's got this thing where they're going to quit using fossil fuels, they're actually saying America shouldn't produce fossil fuels, and I put down that in Google. When I look at it on my computer, there's my complaint up there on the Google map. When I go to work where they haven't put a cookie on that machine, and I look, that complaint is not there. It has not been publicly listed. So we've got a country that's subverting our oil production, our capability to defend ourselves, and it's going to the banks and other organizations, and we can't even complain on Google because Google won't let you post anything like that. You, it'll actually show up on your computer when you look at it. You go to another computer and look at that same Google page. It's not there. They're not posting it. So you can't even say, this company is a stooge of Putin, and they'll say, nope, you can't put that up. So psychologically and Internet-wise, the war is here already. Okay, point well taken. Thank you. Thanks a lot. One more comment, and then we'll do the commercial break. Hello there. What do you have to say? Are Chris, you? did my ears... Yep, I'm here. Um, um, Chris, did you just say you're relying on traditional news sources for... Is that what you just said? Well, or should we rely on traditional... 
News. Well, well for, for, for me, oh. that would be the New York Post, that would be Fox News, that would be Rybot. But I would also look at the Washington Post, the New York Times, and, and everything. So I'm not there. So the point I'm trying to make is, Roger said, do I want to be in Poland on the Ukraine border and being potentially in harm's way? The answer is no. But go ahead. All I'm going to say, I will tell you this. Now, you guys both lived through the Iraq debacle, right? We, we probably all spoke to people who were there. So I will tell you this. At the time where I was working, we had probably about, I'd say, a dozen veterans of the Iraq war come work where I worked for some period of time. I will tell you this. It was a 100% carbon copy. They all said, now, these guys didn't know each other, really. They just kind of came in. They all said the same exact, when I say carbon copy, I mean the same thing. They said, everything you see on the news is bullcrap. They said, that is not what's going on on the ground. So I think it was called um, build, hold, or something. They had some strategy. They were like, oh, it's Condoleezza Rice. Oh, it's working. It's, they're like, none of it's working. If you're American, they want you dead, period. So what I'm saying, well, my whole point here, sorry, I'm, let me just get to my point. Yeah. I think whatever you see on every single thing you just saw, Chris, everything thing you just mentioned, Post, Times, Fox, it's going to be accurate to a point. I, I believe I don't think it's going to be completely fabricated. I'm not saying fake. I'm not saying it's going to be fabricated, but I'm going to say what's actually going on on the ground. The only people that are going to know it's not going to be the reporters. It's going to be the people who are physically right there on the ground, the citizens, the soldiers on both sides, the mercenaries the peacekeepers, yaddy. That's all I'm saying. Right, but I want to make sure I understand your point. Yes, a first-person uh, observation is better than anything else, but what would make this any different than anything else? Because I'm not in Ukraine. I'm not in Russia. So what I'm trying to do is take multiple, multiple sources and trying to come up with my own opinion. I'm not sure what else I could do. I got gotcha. you. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know what you're saying. If you take enough of them and you find the commonalities, I, I, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I'm just saying, I just think I look back at that time period and they all were saying a lot of the same things. And a lot of the common denominators that all those different sources had were just, I, I feel like they were kind of dead wrong. Well, I let, think, let, I think let, me, let me ask you a question since we, we went back to the Iraq war. Do you think there were weapons of mass destruction? Um, I, there was, I believe they did find some yellow cake. I, I believe there, there were a few things found that could qualify. Yeah, I, I would think... I, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I do. I believe a lot of them were moved to Syria. And when a crazy person like Saddam says, I have weapons of mass destruction and I'm going to use them and I'm going to uh, annihilate people. And then this individual actually gassed his own people, gassed the Kurds in 1988, 1989. So, but if you try to say there are weapons of mass destruction... Um, you're, 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 it's become something like I think that you're getting at. It's like it's it's disinformation, and I don't accept that when somebody actually is has gassed their people. Just like Putin, if he was to, um, you know, to take this further and create more war crimes, and then we're three years later and he doesn't get prosecuted, and he's threatening to do the same thing, but we find out that he can't do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't matter. So when you say there were no there there were weapons of mass destruction, you're basically a pariah, and you're saying false information. You're protecting the Republicans and the conservatives, and I and I don't accept that. No, there were some, there, there there were some caches discovered. I, I do I do agree with that. But thank you for your call. I don't know. All right, later, guys. Bye. We always appreciate your call. All right, um, we're going to uh, read an email on another topic, a local topic, and then we'll take our break. Um, because yeah, I have a, a comment on it. I don't know if Chris uh, wants to get in on it, but it's up to him. Good morning. Um, the, first of all, uh, this good morning is based on a front page story in the Woonsocket called Today um, concerning the Housing Authority and also uh, probably on a story in the Valley Breeze uh, that came out last Thursday. So the controversy at the Woonsocket Housing Authority has been covered by both uh, press um, media in the area. Anyway, the emailer says, there are a few facts about the story about the alleged overspending at the Woonsocket Housing Authority. Number one, Michael Hool, and Mr. Hool is chairman of the Housing Authority right now, hand-delivered a press release to the newspapers and to the radio stations for that matter because he was in here with it, with the findings of the audit one month before the investigation will conclude. Number two, 
The mayor removed all members of the board right before the new contract was voted for the executive director. Number three, the mayor is upset that uh, Katrina Lapierre, who uh, was not fired from the Woonsocket Housing Authority for working on the John Brien campaign. Uh, I wish the press would uh, reach out to both sides to get the full story instead of just reading off the news release sent by a man who clearly has had a past with the executive director, meaning that uh, Mr. Uh, Hool and Mr. Bob Morrow, who were both police officers, probably had um, maybe some history between them while they were on the, on the force. And, uh, and that's why he wants them out, which is why he was appointed to the board as chairman. As far as my uh, concern about this, the this is an audit that was done by the um, by the company Markham, right? And then there's an investigation underway by a legal firm, and so because we're right in the middle of this controversy, I have reserved judgment. I understand uh, that the news media are covering um, one part of the story right now, the audit, but the investigation has not been complete. So I guess if I were writing the story, I'd say here's half the story, and we'll have the other half when it's con- complete. Any comments, sir? Well, it's it's almost set up for conflict. I think almost every mayor has had an issue with the housing authority. It, it's kind of intertwined, and I, I like to see that most of the mayors just concentrated on running the city. But you also look, and Markham doesn't have an axe to grind with anybody. So <clears throat> I don't know if those are the only issues, but... I, it, it seems to be an independent investigation. You know, Markham's got a, a great reputation, one of the very large accounting firms. I don't know the uh, legal group that well. But again, have all the facts come out? Probably not. Is there some kind of political infighting? Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, it, and I don't know yeah. the answer to fix this, but I, it, it's... Um, and we can also talk about the the bill that w- stops uh, that wants uh, all cities in Rhode Island, uh, twenty thousand people and above, not to have single family home zoning, which is which is crazy. But there's always been some kind of conflict be- between the uh, city administration and the housing authority. So I don't know how to fix it. All right, well, we're at the halfway mark of the program. I haven't done any commercials yet, so I'm going to do a few. Uh, but uh, we've gone from a local topic like the housing authority right up to. Uh, the international uh, topic, the Ukraine. I'm going to talk a little bit about and ask a few questions about the state of the state tonight and whether, in fact, President Biden could say anything of interest to the American people. But um, right now, I'd like to tell you about the Honey Shop here in Woonsocket, home for gourmet foods. They have health foods, natural remedies. We are a local food manufacturer. They have product um, uh, workshops. They conduct workshops and classes. They even organize hikes and nature excursions and more. And incidentally, if you are on a low-carbohydrate, uh, low-sugar diet, uh, that's called keto, you might want to check out their keto area there. They have all kinds of, uh, of items for keto cooking. And in tomorrow's commercial, we'll tell you what they have. But um, uh, if you're on the keto diet, you might want to check out their uh, their keto section at 1300 Park Avenue. And we have some workshops coming up. For instance, this coming Saturday, we have our sourdough bread making class from 11 to 1. You make the bread there, you taste the bread there, and then you take the rest of it home. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. The sourdough bread making class this coming Saturday. After that, another wood burning class on Saturday, March 19th. <clears throat> On Saturday, March 26th, we are planning our cheese workshop, and we'll be sipping a little wine while we do this. Would you be interested? Check out our Facebook page and let us know your interest, or you can call us at 766-1488. I'll say that again, clearly. 766-1488. We are the Honey Shop of Woonsocket, 
Rhode Island. All right, let's check in with good food. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats, and cheeses, and of course, our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays, open Tuesdays, Wednesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's, perfect for any event. Soup and salad. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having Having all the right answers. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. This is a yes or no question for you, Mr. Boulay. Yes or no? Will you be watching the state of the state address with the president tonight? Highly unlikely that I'll watch it live, but extremely likely that I'll watch a replay. So I think there's probably a 100% chance I'll have it recorded and I'll watch it. But which brings the question, what's going to be the hottest job tonight, which is going to be the right to speech? What's going to be the easiest job to, uh, tonight, writing the Republican rebuttal? <laughs> but I, I've written some uh, text for, t- for the speech tonight for the, for, for the president. All right. Before you get to that, what's going to be the most stupid thing happening tonight? Applause after every sentence. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I, I think he's probably going to imply socialism, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the things that they're trying to do. And I think you're going to see the Republicans sitting down with their hands on their laps. And you're going to see the Democrats getting up and saying, yeah, we really hate America. We don't like the way this this uh, experiment has worked. This lively experiment was a disaster. We're the greatest country in the world with the biggest economy. We got millions of people trying to fight to come here legally and illegally, trying to build their life and and, and be part of the American dream. No, we're going to screw this thing up because it, it doesn't work anymore. And uh, we want to we want to appeal to the lowest common denominator, and we don't want people to work. You know why should you show up and work really hard every day? You know you should be able to stay home and get money. And the only people who should be working are the people who print checks for uh, for people who don't want to work. That's that's going to be there'll be some theory of that, not to that degree, but there'll be something like that. Good morning, Roger and Chris. Tonight the spotlight will be on Comrade Joe. And uh, whoops, I uh, I said all right. I won't submit myself to his boasting and lies. Hope he takes the uh, prevagen since it's on at nine p.m. Will you gentlemen be watching tonight's big top? And there's a little more left to it. Final words: My nephew is being deployed to Germany this morning to train troops. Not liking that says Sandra, and she says, God bless the Ukraine people. And so that's what she has to say about um, the, and, and will you, you, you will be watching it. Oh, there's, there's no way I'd want to show up here Thursday morning and, and uh, not have watched it. So I could do that. I, I won't. <laughs> I, I won't do that. I, I will probably get up at four in the morning and I will watch it while I'm working. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll have it on my laptop or I'll have it on my iPad while I'm watching, uh, working on my laptop. That's a nice laptop you have in the studio here. It's, I just it's might, Apple. I just might want to say that. Hello there <laughs> and welcome to... <laughs> Uh, in case you get rid of it. <laughs> Hello there. How are you today? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you after tonight. Um, there's two things that President uh, Putin and our president has alike. I want you to look at their eyes. People have been saying when our president was really going downhill that the eyes are 
have changed. Same thing, they're saying that internationally, Putin has a different look. Both should have a true neurological checkup. I think they're both very sick. They have much in common. Um, I believe that our president is partly to blame with, with what he did to our energy sources to put us in the position we are. And uh, one minute they were buddy buddies, the next minute there's, there's something so wrong there. And, you know, assassination is a terrible thing, but sometimes it could be good. Thank and you. Yeah. How else are we going to get rid of Putin? Mm -hmm. No, I, you know, we we really haven't had that. And I, I was mentioning it the, the other day is uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was uh, J Jack Kennedy who uh, who authorized the assassination of the North Vietnamese uh, dictator. And then turns around, you know, he was assassinated and his wife said the same thing. I, I think for a... Um, civilized society we, we, we don't want to be doing that you know and, and it's funny there's a certain trust there um ronald reagan used to carry a gun when he would visit gobatroff he always had a gun on him and the kgb never thought of uh checking him not that he <laughs> ever do anything but there's the, the, the certain amount of things that you can't come back from what what i think will, will happen is i think it's extraordinary that thousands of uh of citizens in Moscow have been arrested for protesting. You know, we don't even have those kind of protests, I think, in, in America for, for, for things like that. We have, we got to go back quite a ways. And the fact that these people are standing up, but as Raj and I were talking about earlier, you've got the ruble down 30%. You, you've got the, the Russia, and we talked about this, they have about $1.5 trillion is the size of their economy. It's half of the size of uh, California. Our GDP is about $25 trillion. The European community, Euro European Union, excuse me, is $15 trillion. We're, we're going to crush them. This is just the beginning. What that does is, is it going to push them to overthrow? But I'm not for anybody, you know, you know pushing an assassination. But certainly, um, if this continues to go badly, um, the uh, the, this this will come to a bad end for Putin, and this he may have orchestrated his own demise. And you know we can say from our warm couches that we want the Ukrainians to fight, and they're fighting like hell. They could be doing the entire world an incredible service by making this another Afghanistan for for Russia as long as they can, and they might be doing God's work. But I would rather see an overthrow than, than any kind of assassination. Well, look at the way they're treating the Russian protesters. They're peaceful. Are they being handled in the same manner? And the country... Yes, no, it's starting, I, to, it's starting, to, it's starting to look like Canada. The country and what? Well, forget it. I mean, the kid's got to go in Canada. He's got a few problems. No, no I, I, I think the, the thing is, and it, it's, it's a big ask, and, and it looks like they're, they're up for it. And now what we have a situation, and I'm not a military expert, but uh, going back to last call, I'm taking in as much information as I can from various sources. Putin will be desperate. It's costing them, I think, $20 billion a day, and their money's been frozen. The longer this continues, the worse he's going to look domestically and the more opportunity there is for an overthrow. People probably realize this, but... Vladimir Putin is one of the richest people in the world. Through theft, he's have he's he's worth over a hundred billion dollars. And um, when you got money and you got power, he apparently wants more power. And he was there as a KGB agent, and he watched the demise of the Soviet Union. And the rumor is, the thought is that he wants to bring it back. I think he's in a very Going back to your point, which I agree with, I think he's a very dangerous man right now, and I'm not sure what the end game is, and I'm not sure he knows what the end game is. Well, I've been praying to a higher power, and if if he comes through, let me tell you, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people beginning to believe there's a comma for everyone. We have to move Th on. Thanks for the call. Th day. Thanks for taking bye -bye. the time. Bye-bye. Just as a note of interest, I just wanted to give the guest list tonight for the State of the State uh, uh, Union Address.
State of the Union. And uh, so in Rhode Island, we have four federal politicians, Jack Reed, Sheldon Whitehouse, Jim Langevin, and also David Cicilline. So who will be sitting next to David Cicilline tonight? Well, he uh, has invited the, uh, the union president of uh, the Rhode Island Nurses. And her name is Lynn Bays, and she'll uh, be uh, there. And uh, Mr. Uh, Cicilline says the reason I'm inviting her is it's a uh, spotlight on the Rhode Island health care workers. So by bringing the nurses union president to the State of the Union address, that's how he is honoring health care professionals. Yeah, and I am not anti-union, but why did he have to choose her? Couldn't he have chosen... Uh, Somebody, a nurse. A, a nurse from the rank and file. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's always a political spin to it. Oh, uh, you and I think in the same light. David Cicilline's guest tonight is uh, the union president of the nurses. Next is um, Jim Langevin, congressman. Who is he bringing? Uh, he's invited um, Peter uh, Alvidi, and he is the director of transportation for the state of Rhode Island. Why is Langevin bringing him? Because um, we are fixing our crumbling infrastructure, and uh, we will have faster commutes and fewer accidents and safer communities because of the infrastructure that the Rhode Island Department of Transportation is building using federal funds. So thank you, Jim Langevin, for bringing uh, Director Alviti to Washington. Next is Senator Sheldon Whitehouse's guest. Guess who he has? Bob Billington of the Blackstone Valley Tourism Council. If I were Bob, I would have uh, passed on that uh, invitation, but um, Bob is deciding to go. Now, I understand why he's going, because the Blackstone Valley Tourism Council received $918,000 for a grant program which allowed uh, them to reopen and uh, bring back their Polar Express. So I would imagine he's grateful for that. Right? I, I admire Bob. He's got a perpetual smile on his face. He's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> right. And finally, um, Senator Jack Reed um, will have, as part of the invitation list tonight, Andrew uh, Cortez of Building Futures, Rhode Island. And um, I don't. Building Futures helps people connect to the jobs of today and careers of tomorrow, says Jack Reed's office. And that is the end of my commentary on that. Are you ready for another call or another comment? Well, just another comment before we run out of time. I sent you this chart, and this comes from uh, J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Uh-huh. And, you know, we're talking about the volatility. Um, we can tell that your guys, was it from Phoenix, who do the uh, national news? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're based in Phoenix. Yeah. You can tell that they're doing it live because they, they're, they're doing actual numbers of where the Dow futures are. But I just wanted to take a quick opportunity to discuss this. I sent you a chart, and the numbers look a little low, but the meaning is, is there. What, what, what J.P. Morgan did is they took a hypothetical $10,000 investment on January 2nd, 2001, and they ran it through to December 31st of 2020. And what they said is the average return, I think they, they probably took some bad years, a little higher than this, but the average return in the S&P 500 was 7.5% per uh-huh. year. Yeah, I'm and, looking at it now. And what they said was, if you miss just the 10 best days, so say you panicked and you pulled out of the market and you missed Friday, which was up about 840 points. If you just take 10 of those days, um, and I think there's like 6,000 days there, you, your return would have been cut in half. If you missed the top 20 days, you're up less than 1%. If you actually missed... The top 60 days, the best days in the stock market, this being the S&P 500, you'd be down almost 7%. So you'd have a 14% swing. Fidelity did a similar chart uh, in the in the go-go 1990s. And they took the entire decade of the 1990s. And they said, our average equity mutual fund earned 22% a year. And, of course, that, that was great times that's not indicative of of the way it continues all the time but then they said we drilled down to our average equity investor and the average equity investor only returned about 11 percent 50 percent and we can only attribute that to market timing so our average fund did 
22%, but our average individual investor did 11%, so they're obviously not getting great uh, advice. And what that is, you look at a biotech fund that went up in 1999, went up 95%, and then the next year is down 40%. Trying to time the market is very difficult. So if you're not sure what to do, you know, first you should talk to your financial advisor, he or she, but usually just stay in the course unless something changed. If you, again, if you miss the top 60 days in 20 years, your, your returns go from a positive 7.5% to a negative 7%. All right, thank you. And now let's uh, take a few calls and then uh, we'll have an, an advertisement. I'll lead off with Grumpy's. Found a new steak there that I like. All right, here we go. Your comment, please, on the Upfront program. Well, I, I have to say that I've forgotten why I called, but let me try to, to uh, recap. Um, it, it, your, your financial things are interesting. I just don't understand them. But number one, I feel as though I am living in an alternate reality. Everybody keeps talking about the war. It's on 24 hours a day. Nobody has the guts, except I did see Donald Trump Jr. last night on, I think it was Sean Spicer's show with somebody on Newsmax. This would never have happened if Trump were president. We have bargain basement Biden in the White House. No one will ever convince me that there wasn't fraud in, in the uh, way people uh, circumvented state legislatures. Nobody is talking about the fact that everybody is afraid to say the word Trump. I don't get it. I watched Dan Crenshaw this morning. He moved all around it, but couldn't say we were energy independent. That's what happened. But, uh, Putin saw his chance to move against a weak, fractured country. People are throwing away vodka. But they're buying Chinese stuff. What the hell is going on in this country? This is insanity. And I'm so disgusted. Nero is playing the fiddle and Rome is burning. And maybe I have a very small circle of uh, friends. But we all feel the same. It's like this is total insanity. I okay. know you want to say something. No, yeah, don't don't you hang up because you challenge my ability to explain these things. So let's go back to my, your original or your comment about not understanding it. it the last, no, no, yes, in the last, I mean, the last twenty years, the market's been open five thousand days, right? So if you take, if you had missed the top sixty days, your return would would, would have gone from a positive seven percent to a negative seven. I know you understand that. If you missed the if you missed the top sixty days, stop, stop. If I missed, how do I miss those days? By by selling out and not staying in the market. Okay. See. All right. No. Nope. All right. No. You, if you didn't understand that I did a bad job, I nobody know. else understood. I. I. Yeah. I, and, and, I and you know, I, and and let's go back to the other point. Like you, I'm a fan of Trump. I thought he did a fantastic job, but it's very, it's very disconcerting when people like. Uh, Attorney General Barr, who I have great respect for, the only person in the country who's ever served Attorney General twice, and he's been very critical of the president. I'm not sure what temperament gets you to be president of the United States. And, and I, I mean, are we looking for Gandhi? Who, who do we want as president? But anybody who's clear thinking realize that all the important things to the American people have been have been have been diminished by Biden and were enhanced by Trump. There's no question about it. I was a swamp creature. I'm sorry. That's how I believe. I believe those people in the bureaucracies have become so entrenched. But let me just say this. When you say if you're out of the market so many days, that indicates that somebody's buying and selling, buying and selling. Uh, that is something that's totally alien to me, as you know, because I've talked about this with you. But at any rate, my, my whole p p point is... Maybe Trump tweeted wrong and all of that, but he was the most open, transparent president, and he took office under a cloud that was not of his doing. It was all a hoax, and I've been on a local level in a position similar to Donald Trump. 
where I had people backstabbing me, and on a local level, it was an awful, awful thing. So I can't even imagine what it's like. I am totally disgusted. Uh, but at any rate, that's all I wanted to say. We appreciate I the call. I, I don't believe... I. I, I it, this is all unnecessary, and we know it. And unless the Republicans say to that bargain basement Biden, oh, close the damn border, open all the energy, we're going to watch him tonight? No, I'm not going to watch him. I'll wait and, and see what uh, different people have to say about it. I, 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 it'll make me throw up if I have to watch this man. I, but, Thank you. But, I, you know, I'm yeah. at the end of my life. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. We have time for another call before we talk about Grumpy. Hello there. Yes? What do you want to say to this distinguished panel? Not being there, that means I have a chance. One more time, you there? No. Okay. That means Grumpy's. Um, what did I discover at Grumpy's? Um, well, uh, I discovered the sizzling 12-ounce sirloin. I love this. It's a 19.99 plate. And um, once in a while, you like to have a nice, nice straight protein. And then it sizzles. When it comes out, it's really sizzling. You know, I, I, love, I, I love the atmosphere of the sizzle. And it's loaded with peppers and onions and mushrooms, three of my favorites. And um, this is all over that 12-ounce sirloin. And uh, now you, you like your steaks not well done, right? No, no uh, uh, medium rare. Medium rare. I like mine... Uh, medium well done, and I tell uh, I tell the waste staff if it comes out well done, I'm not going to send it back. <laughs> I love it that way. Anyway, consider the 12 ounce sizzling sirloin, 1999 steak, being offered at um, at Grumpy's. Oh, and they also have ten dollar dinner specials Monday through Thursday. I I stole one of their menus the other day, and this is what I found on it: honey jack chicken, ten dollars with two uh, homemade sides. Sausage and meatball over pasta, chicken and broccoli scampi, and chicken Milan or Milan. Uh, that's ch- tender chicken breast topped with uh, Canadian bacon. And then um, we have sliced sweet Italian sausage on this, fresh tomatoes, roasted garlic, and basil, then oven baked with an Italian cheese blend, and presented with your choice of two homemade um, house-made sides, and I highly recommend their coleslaw. We are Grumpy's Pulaski Boulevard, open at noontime today for your dining convenience. All right, I have one more ad to uh, check in with, and uh, Mr. Vern Rainville will uh, have his business explained by Lawrence Poitras. Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams? causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you, not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484 300 8495 for a free no obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Well, we have a couple of callers waiting, uh, but uh, anything you want to mention before we uh, press the buttons? Yes, uh, people uh, like our last caller who are not fans of the Biden administration, they may want to watch the Republican response, which is going to be given by Governor Kim Reynolds, a Republican governor of, of Iowa, well thought of, to say I know a lot about her would be incorrect. But uh, I've seen her before, and uh, be interesting that she can galvanize and explain what the Republicans would do when they take over in uh, November of 2022, and um, you know she'll she'll um, have seen the speech as as most of the people who are connected will have, and I'm sure it's a very easy response because you know the the president. What I was going to say is that the president has really done a, a unbelievable job hurting the Russian economy. Um, the sanctions have been great. He weakened their currency. He brought hyperinflation. 
He made it harder for them to service their debt, and he attacked their energy strategy in the energy sector, and he's already done that for America. So he was practicing on in the United States of America for a year, so he knows what hurts. Now, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but uh, certainly there's been a lot of negativity in terms of the policies. All he had to do was fall asleep and not change much of what uh, the prior uh, administration did, and everything would have been much better. We have a couple of callers, and we only have a couple of minutes, so we'll uh, try to uh, get the callers in and at least uh, get the uh, idea of what they wanted to talk about. Hello there. You're coming. Uh, I have an update. They allowed me to come through. This morning, I get up early after 5. It was stated that for the first time ever, Congress cannot bring a guest to the State of the Union address. Well, they've been doing it for years, and they're going to continue it tonight. Thank you. Well... This was on two different stations yeah. that, uh, and this was this morning, it, mm -hmm. it was stated that they will not be allowed, and they were going through all the protocol for safety they were going through, and no one will, no guest will be allowed to go. We'll see what happens tonight. Appreciate your call. Thank you. All right, and let's uh, squeeze in this caller here before we leave. Hello there. Yes, Chris. Good, uh, good morning. Inflation. Inflation. Uh, because of the uh, Russian occupation of uh, Ukraine, what, is, what does that mean for us here in the United States? Uh, what kind of inflation are we going to see from this? Uh, is this a failure of the global system? And what does it mean for our bank accounts, stock portfolios, and this inflation, 401ks and pensions? Yep. Are we so going to lose the value of them at, at a very substantial rate? Make, 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 yeah, making predictions of the, of the future is very, very difficult. So I tend to go back and pass issues. So... We, we had Crimea in 2014. It was, uh, was short-lived. They tend to be short-lived. The, the problem, talking about inflation, your first comment, and I, I thought you were done. I didn't mean to cut you off. But we just saw this morning that oil is over $100 a barrel. Uh, experts think it's going to go to 120 125 That's going to be inflationary because, as you know more than anyone, oil is what we use to transport goods. It's going to be everywhere. So and not just for not just for transportation, it's everything we handle. Absolutely. From it's, oils. It's, so going, oil it's going to be inflationary. If this thing continues, and again, it was exacerbated by the fact that uh, we, we kind of lost our energy independence. Here we are killing the Keystone Pipeline, the first thing in office on January 20th, but we're, we're up to this point, we're allowing Russia to have Nord Stream 2. So it, it, will, it will be inflationary, and certainly the Republican response will be very critical of, of the administration tonight. Chris, two quick questions. If this occupation goes on for five months, what would that mean? And also, uh, tactical nu nuclear weapons, are they radiational? Uh, is there a radiational fallout from them? All right, we're going to take those questions. We're going to disconnect you, let Chris Thank answer, you. because we are against the clock. Go ahead, Chris. Um, the, first, the first one was... If this inflation continues. Oh, 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 yeah. oh if it continues for five months. Mm -hmm. um, I think five months would be a big problem for Putin. The longer this continues, the problem is you're going to have a lot of loss of life, which, which is awful. Um, the, if this continues in this vein, uh, it's going to really, really hurt Russia. And it could actually help Putin, in my personal opinion, actually, you know, be forced out. That, that's one thing. Um, as far as... The nuclear weapons. I, I'm not an expert in nuclear yep. weapons, but any, any, that that when when Putin was discussing that, it, it really bothered me Sunday morning. And that's somebody who's on their way out who wants to destroy the world, and it matters who's in charge. So all we can hope for is, is that um, cooler heads will prevail. We'll see you tomorrow on the Upfront program. Thank you, Chris.